It's time for the Hokie Hour on the Tim Donnelly Show on the WRAD Talk Network. Get your calls in now on the Phillips Real Estate Hotline, 540-639-4900. Now from the Makadoo Studio, here's Tim Donnelly. Hokie Hour starts right now here on the Tim Donnelly Show on WRAD, 101.7, 103.5, and 1460 AM. But first, we need to make sure you're caught up. Make sure that when you're at the the water cooler, at the kids' practice, bumping into your buddy at the grocery store, that you have a talking point on all of the biggest sports news in the country. Make sure you're educated, and not just educated, but you have a nugget or two to throw into the conversation, no matter what is brought up in the sports world. It is something we call Got You Covered. It's five minutes. It covers the biggest sports stories of the day, of the weekend on a Monday, um, but but it's it's very simple. It is designed so not only can you participate and say, oh, yeah, I know who won the game. You can say, I know who won the game, and here's something that you might not have thought of. We get you covered. No one has time to catch all the games. Don't worry. Tim will get you covered. This weekend, it was all about the NFL, and we'll start at the beginning of the weekend with Bills at Texans when Josh Allen took everyone on the roller coaster that is his experience as an NFL quarterback. But that's not what you want to talk about. Everyone's going to talk about the flip. Everyone's going to talk about uh, his turnovers or his touchdown catches or his 40-yard touchdown runs. What you want to talk about is how the Texans better get their stuff in order. They have the Chiefs next week, and I'll tell you right now, Patrick Mahomes isn't going to be giving them the gifts that Josh Allen gave them on Saturday. So you better be prepared, Texans, next week. Josh Allen, that's old news. Patrick Mahomes, that's what's up next. Next up for us is the Titans at the Patriots. And as you will hear me say all week, ding dong, the wicked witch is dead. It's over, and I don't care about recognizing the Patriots' greatness. You don't care about recognizing the Patriots' greatness. For everyone that wants to tell you, oh, you better appreciate the six Super Bowls, the last thing the Patriots need is more adulation. If you recognize their greatness in real time, you appreciate it, you respected their legend, then go ahead right now and dance on their grave. They lost to the Titans at home. Patriots, see ya. Sunday started off with the Vikings at the Saints, uh, and it was an instant classic. Push off, no call, no review, who cares? Here's what I want you to know. A couple weeks ago when everyone was saying Drew Brees was the top three quarterback of all time, he's got this record, that record, the other record. This is why he's not. He couldn't beat Kirk Cousins. He couldn't beat the Vikings. Matter of fact, the best offensive plays for the Saints had nothing to do with Drew Brees. What they did have something to do with was Taysom Hill, the backup quarterback that they have an entire package for. Drew Brees is not what you thought he was a couple of weeks ago. Drew Brees is not a top three quarterback of all time. He's not even a top three quarterback of this era. Keep that in mind. He's the Carl Malone of quarterbacks. Seahawks at Eagles rounded out the weekend of wild card games, and uh, Carson Wentz took himself out. And that's, that's the story of the game, right? That's the story of the, uh, of the weekend, arguably, is Carson Wentz fragile. Carson Wentz injured. Carson Wentz, when he's not in, this team is different. Josh McCown was not prepared to lead this team. But what you want to talk about is how Carson Wentz taking himself out of the game is actually one of the few life's bloods of this sport. You're going to need players 
who, who can recognize there's something wrong with my noggin. On the sideline, he recognized his brain was rattled. Something was wrong, and he took himself out. If you want football to be a sport long into, uh, long into the future, you're going to need guys to make that decision, even with high, high, high stakes of a playoff game. The Eagles lost because their quarterback got hurt. You can talk about why he got hurt. Jadavion Clowney, you can talk about if it's a dirty hit, but you, you should not knock him for being honest with the, the personnel on the sideline. Virginia Tech basketball on Saturday lost to UVA 65-39. And, and maybe this is partly my fault. I was hyping it up saying that the Hokies had a legitimate shot to win this game. Um, but I'm about to hit you with a cold glass of water to the face, and, and you can hit your friends with the same cold glass of water. You can catch it and pass it along. Dose of perspective here. The threes weren't falling, and they are all freshmen. The Virginia Tech Hokies, not a little bit of freshmen. They are all freshmen. The two veterans, P.J. Horn with Bissabidi, did not play well, so the onus fell, uh, the onus fell on Landers Nolly, Hunter Couture, Nahima Lean, Tyrese Radford, Jalen Cohn, John Ojiaco, everyone I just listed, a freshman. They, uh, so a group of freshmen lost to UVA. They'll be better in the future because of it. Uh, moving on here, uh, again, that same basketball team, they're playing Syracuse tomorrow. Get ready for that damn Syracuse zone. It is not going to be fun for a bunch of freshmen to figure out, but it is another opportunity for them to learn. Looking quickly at Hokie football, the All-American games were this weekend, both the Under Armour High School All-American game and the U.S. Army High School All-American game. If you were looking for Hokies in the game, keep looking. There were none. The Hokies had none, even though there were five in the two games combined from the state of Virginia. Hokies had commitments from neither. Today, Tua Tungovailoa will be making his decision to go pro or stay at Alabama at 11 a.m. Nick Saban will be alongside him. Just let you, I'll just leave you with this. If I were Tua, you would have to absolutely drag me back to Alabama. He is gone. And that is five minutes exactly of Gotcha Covered here on uh, on the Tim Donnelly Show. It shouldn't be much going on in the sports world that you don't have something to add to the conversation. And that's really all we're looking to do for you is make sure that you're taken care of when it comes to uh, the conversations at the water cooler, the kids' practice, the PTA meeting, the, the, the bar Happy hour, whatever it is, we want you to have something to bring to the table. Dude, it's the, it's starting to get brighter outside now. Like, it's so weird because, you know, in the afternoon we were watching the sun set. Now we're watching that rise. The uh, I'm going to tell you something that, that one of my uh, college coaches, a uh, strength and conditioning coach, told me uh, when, when I got to the, the school the first summer, right? You get there, you graduate high school, you're, you're the B- BMOC, big man on campus in high school. You get to college and you're nobody. He says, in high school, you were probably applauded for working at the crack of dawn, right? You were probably applauded for uh, working out a couple hours before school, right? And then working out until the sunset. He said, in college, you get up, you work out, you push your body to the limit, you, you touch every stair in the stadium, you, you lift, you watch film, and then you walk outside and watch the sunrise. He was saying in high school, sun rises, your alarm goes off, you get up, you start working, everyone applauds you. He said in college, you beat the sun. I'm, I, that's what I'm taking with our, with our move to mornings right now, right? We used to applaud ourselves 
for putting in hard work from 3 to 6 in the afternoon, for putting together radio at 3 to 6 in the afternoon and sleeping in every morning and being up to watch every game. Now we stepped up to the big boy level. Now, now we stepped up to the, the big girl level. Now we stepped up to the, the, the level where, where things um, are a little ramped up. It's morning. We get the first crack at these things. Right? We're the first people today talking about uh, the, the, the Eagles. We're the first person today talking about Virginia Tech losing to Virginia 65-39 in basketball. We're the first people today talking about the fact that Vir- Virginia Tech couldn't score 40 points against their cross-state rival, the UVA Cavaliers. And you know what? I'm actually going to say I'm going to raise my hand up on this one and say it's partially my fault. I probably raised expectations too high for this Hokie basketball team going into UVA because I said it was possible that Virginia Tech could beat Virginia. Now, what I, what I meant was that there's going to be two games this year, and I've said this from, from day one, there's going to be two games this year where Virginia Tech significantly punches above its weight class where they are in it late and arguably winning late against a a team that is significantly better than they are. It's going to happen twice. And I thought this past Saturday might be one of them. But there's one thing that needs to happen. There's a few things I'd like to happen. There's one that needs to happen for Virginia Tech to stick with a team like UVA, a top 20 team in the country. And it's real simple. The three-point ball has to be falling. The floor spacer, the three-point shot has to be falling. And not just for one guy, but for three or four of them. And when at the first media timeout, Virginia Tech had three turnovers, something they haven't been doing recently, and three missed threes, I completely changed everything. I went from, ah, you know what, not possible today. I thought it was possible going in, three missed threes, three turnovers later. I was like, ah, not their day. And that's how their season is going to go. They are going to live by the three and die by the three. And it's not going to be a slow death. When they die by the three, it is going to be a sword through the heart. The kind where you're alive and you're dead. PJ Horn went 0 for 9 from 3. Yeesh. Right? The team started 0 for 5 from 3. Yeesh. When that happens, they're not going to be able to hang with a top 20 team in the country. But are you ready for this? Normally, cold cold glass of water to the face on this show means I'm about to tell you something bad, right? It means I'm about to uh, bring you back down to earth from when your expectations are soaring into the sky. That's normally what cold glass of water to the face means. That's not what it means today. Cold glass of water to the face is going to talk you off the ledge. They are all freshmen, all of them, not some of them, all of them. PJ Horn, a junior, went 0 for 9 from 3. Wabisabidi, their point guard and junior, went 0 points total. Their veterans didn't show up. Isaiah Wilkins' role was radically reduced from what I thought it would be at the beginning of the year. The game was in the hands of Landers Nolly. Tyrese Radford, Naheem Aline, Hunter Couture, Jalen Cohn, John Ogiaco, and they are all freshmen. 
So literally what, what I advise you to do is watch the game, get upset, remember that they're all freshmen, and move along. Move along. We, uh, we had a caller earlier today who, who pointed out that Mike Young looked a little downtrodden after the game, looked a little weathered, a little beaten. Depending on freshmen, will do that to you. De- you know, have you ever seen the, uh, uh, the, the before and afters of guys when they become president? Yes, they get like aged. They so age much like more. 30 years in eight years or, yeah. or 20 years in four years. It's bizarre. I will tell you right now if you did that same thing, that before and after picture, of coaches the year before and the year after their team is made up of mostly underclassmen. It'll it'll be like it'll be like being a president accelerated. Mike Young won't be so young. Mike Mike Young <laughs> will become Mike old this year, depending on freshmen. But it it's it's necessary, right? I don't think many presidents are gonna go back and say, you know, I really didn't do much those years. They're probably gonna be like, Yeah, I was aging quickly for a reason. Oh yeah, Mike Young's definitely been doing a bot. Mike a Young's doing a lot, and and the thing is, if like let's say he he ages three years in one year this year, he ages three years in one season this year. Okay, the next two, smooth sailing, right? He, he's already gotten that little bit of insurance from the first year, exactly because Landers Nolly becomes a redshirt sophomore, Hunter Couture, Jalen Cohn, Naheem Aline, the guys that are going to be handling the ball and running the show. Sophomores. The best thing about freshmen is they become sophomores. So they're going to lose games like this this year, and it's going to hurt, and you're going to go, 40 points? How could you not score 40 points? And I'm going to look at you and go, they're all freshmen. All of them. They're all freshmen. Not only will they be playing in in the 2020-2021 season, they'll be playing in the 2021-2022 season. And they'll be playing in the 2022-2023 season. They're all freshmen. So, so cold glass of water to the face, it's not all doom and gloom. That game, hard to watch. But it's not all doom and gloom. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue talking about this Virginia Tech basketball team. In particular, where do they go from here? Next. He's Delaware's best holder. That's hilarious. It's not meant to be funny. It's meant to be devastating. The Tim Donnelly Show will be right back on WRAD. Tim Donnelly Show continuing bright and early on a Monday morning, getting your week started off on the right foot. And, and we're talking about Hokie basketball here inside the Makadu studio. Guests and callers join us on the Phillips Real Estate Hotline, 540-639-4900. I'm Tim Donnelly alongside producer Lobro. Um, so first of all, this Virginia Tech basketball team lost to UVA, 65-39. Good news, they're all freshmen. Good news, Landers Nolly, right? Of the first half, Virginia Tech had 17 points in the first half, okay? That's, that's bad news. The good news is Landers Nolly had 15 in the first half. He scored all but two points that his team scored in the first half, and that's what you want to see out of your star, right? You want someone who's like, all right, if no one else has it going on today, get me the ball, I'll figure it out. And I'm not saying he kept them in the game necessarily, but he kept them within striking distance. He kept them within, if we catch absolute fire from three in the second half, we won't be so far behind that it's pointless. 
So I give Landers Nolly a lot of credit. And to me, he is solidifying week in and week out the, the belief that he is, to Mike Young, what Justin Robinson was to Buzz Williams, right? Someone that is going to buy in early to their program, early in their tenure, and will see the success of this program and will be able to claim a large amount of credit for the success of the program. Right, Justin Robinson was around. He was on the floor for Virginia Tech when things were ugly in the ACC. By the time his senior year ended, he was the program's all-time assist leader and was leading his team into the Sweet 16. Right, That's the type of arc I see for Landers Nolly. But that doesn't mean that he's not going to be around for the beginning part where it was ugly. It just means he is going to rise above it often. Now, he needs someone else, right? Did you watch the uh, Golden Globes last night? I did not. I'm ready to make an, uh, a reference. There we go. Guess who won Best Supporting Actor? Are you reading it right now? No, I'm not. I, okay. Hang on. Let me. Best Supporting it, Actor. It was Brad Pitt. Oh, okay. Brad Pitt, right? One of the actors of our generation. Support it. So you won Supporting Actor. Supporting Actor. Was it for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? It was, which means Leo was the, the lead actor. Brad Pitt was the supporting actor. Think about that, right? What Landers Nolly needs is Brad Pitt to be a supporting actor. If, if Landers Nolly is Leonardo DiCaprio and the lead actor in the, the Hokies movie, what he needs is Brad Pitt to be a supporting, right? He doesn't want a character actor. He doesn't he doesn't need just another guy. He needs Brad Pitt or Margot Robbie. Right? He needs someone that is legit to play second fiddle. PJ Horn went 0 for 9 from 3. Wabisabidi had zero points in the game. Those guys are veterans. They are culture setters. They are leaders, but they are not super studs. I wish they were. I wish they could average, you know, 13, 14 points apiece. And I wish they could be that supporting actor. But I don't know if that's going to happen. Right? There's a reason on last year's Sweet 16 team that Wabisa Beattie was, was featured in a backup role when Justin Robinson was healthy. There's a reason why P.J. Horn was given spot minutes mostly due to foul trouble. Now they are thrust into huge roles and, and, and they are great kids. Great leaders, great for the program. Their effect on this program will be felt long after they leave. But they're not Brad Pitt. They're not. Right? Uh, Mamadi Diakite had Kihei Clark. Kihei Clark was knocking them down. Diakite is the best offensive player for Virginia. When those two were playing well alongside each other, it was that lead supporting dichotomy that you need. So if you look at Virginia Tech and you're looking ahead to Syracuse, which is their next game, and it's tomorrow, and you can hear it on 105.3 The Bear, our sister station. Right When you're looking ahead to that game, it can't just be, I really hope, uh, I really hope Landers Nolly scores 30. That's not going to be enough. Right, the, he, He's not starring in Castaway. He's not starring as Matt Damon in The Martian, right? Movies where essentially it's one person on the screen the entire movie. That's not how you get it done in basketball. 
You need movies that have superstars in the lead, superstars in the supporting actors, superstar cameos, a superstar director. Like, ideally, something like Avengers, where you got, like, everybody. Maybe, like, an actual good movie, though. What? Okay, don't even act like you don't like Avengers. No, I love them. I love going in there and turning my brain off. Oh, you're talking about, like, something that makes you think. Movies where they actually have to act and not just put on a mask and and not emote (laughs) anything. CGI everything. I'm talking about movies where, where, uh, like, have you seen, um, um, I'll I'll use my greatest movie of all time, Good Will Hunting. Mm -hmm. Right? Good Will Hunting had Matt Damon as the lead. Right. Matt Damon's one of the actors of our generation. Ben Affleck as supporting. Robin Williams as the third lead won an Oscar for supporting actor. That's what the Hokies need. They need Landers Nolly to be Matt Damon. Good Will Hunting. They need uh, uh, Naheem Aline to be Ben Affleck. And they need someone else to step up and steal the movie in the third lead like Robin Williams. And that's not even to mention Skarsgård. That's not even to mention some of these other guys in the movie that are absolutely incredible. Mini Driver. Now, I know too much about that movie because it's my favorite movie, but but... Against Syracuse, it can't just be Nolly, right? Against that darn Syracuse 2-3 zone, which has chewed up and spit out veteran teams. You need to go further than one. You need to go further down the list than one, right? This is the meat grinder that I was talking about. Coming into to Saturday's game against UVA, Virginia Tech had played Gardner-Webb and VMI and uh, a bunch of nobodies in their four previous games. And I said, their schedule is about to crank up to 11. Their schedule is about to go from who's that, who's that, who's that, to school with a national championship, school with a national championship, school with a national championship. And the next one is on Tuesday. First was Saturday, Virginia defending champs. Next up is Syracuse. They have the national championship with Carmelo Anthony. They've appeared in another. Jim Beheim was the coach for both. And they bring that damn zone. And they bring Elijah Hughes, who is a stud, who averages more points per game than Landers Nolly for for a little bit of reference for you. Has scored 18 in each of his last five. At least 18 in each of his last five games. 6-6-2-15. Right? This is another game that is going to present unique challenges. And if Virginia Tech is not knocking down the three... They can be run out of the gym by Syracuse, similarly to how they were run out of the gym by UVA. And if they only have one player that shows up in Landers Nolly, they can be run out of the gym, similarly to how they were run out of the gym by UVA. And that's going to be true for this game, next game, the game after, the game after, every game from here on out. In the ACC, every team can beat you. Recognize your holes and fix them on the way. Noticing things that are wrong with your team while in the middle of your ACC schedule is like seeing smoke coming out of the hood of your car and you're driving 85 down the highway and you have to fix it without stopping. Somebody's got to climb out that window, slide down the windshield and and be working on the car while you're driving. If you can fix it, that's good on you, but it's not going to be easy. 
It's not going to be easy. And that's what the Hokies are dealing with in between Saturday and Tuesday, Tuesday and Saturday. Let's take a break. When we come back, time for our favorite segment of Hokie Hour. Time for Hashtag Hokies. Next. Good morning and welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show on the talk of the New River Valley, WRAD. 101.7, 103.5, AM. Tim Donnelly, producer Lobro here inside the Makadoo studio. Guests and callers join us on the Phillips Real Estate Hotline. That number, of course, 540-639-4900. 540-639-4900. Uh, for those of you that, that haven't been tuning into the afternoon show uh, since we've now moved to mornings, it's time to introduce you to one of our favorite segments of Hokie Hour. Hokie Hour from 7 to 8 in the morning is going to be wall-to-wall Hokies. And right about this time every day, we're going to do something called Hashtag Hokies. Hashtag Hokies is real simple. We go on to Twitter, the underbelly of the internet, the dark side of our society, where everyone can hide behind a picture and a username or arguably not a picture, just an empty avatar spot and a username, and say whatever they want. We find the conversations that we want to have, we drag them into the light, and we have those conversations right here on the Tim Donnelly Show. And today we're going with two that come from uh, inside Hokie Nation. Right? Sometimes it's about Hokie Nation. Sometimes it comes from the fan base. Sometimes it comes from a visiting fan base. Uh, this one comes from about you know, center control as possible from inside the belly of the beast, both of them. The first one comes from a guy you might know. Uh, his Twitter name is at Coach Foster VT. He goes by the name of Bud Foster. I call him the GOAT. I call him the greatest defensive coordinator to ever live. College defensive coordinator to ever live. Um, he tweeted out a picture along with this caption. Ready? Get your If you are an emotional person, um, Get, get a napkin, get a tissue ready of some kind. Only if you're an emotional person. He said, closing my door for the last time. Office officially packed up. Thank you to the many players and coaches that created a lifetime of memories. And he was literally standing outside his office. And the, the placard outside the office said, uh, in Coach Foster's office, and he was shutting it, and he had a, a, a smile on his face. And that's where I'm choosing to focus on this. Wow. Bittersweet. Bittersweet is a good way to describe it, right? But uh, there was a moment during the – or excuse me, it was right after the, the Pittsburgh game, right, where Virginia Tech uh, had just posted the shutout, and it was, it was dramatic, right? And I posted, are we absolutely sure – that we can't talk Bud Foster into one more year. Are we absolutely sure there's no Scrooge McDuck vault of money that we can offer him that would make him come back for one more season? Because I was thinking, you know, he's returning every starter outside of Reggie Floyd, and he's got Devin Hunter to step in there. He's returning a whole bunch of talent. He's got um, some interesting players coming in. Are we sure... He doesn't want to see Caleb Farley, Jermaine Waller, Chamari Connor, 
Rayshard Ashby take the next step. And in one picture, I was like, you know what? I don't think he has any interest. He looked happy. He looked relieved. And it it, it reminded me of something. It, it, it reminded me that that coaching is hard, right? And coaching is stressful. Everyone's job is hard. Everyone's job is stressful. I'm not discounting other professions. But what I'm saying is, you don't do your job with a scoreboard in front of 60,000 people. He does. And, and also, he's got that stature of being the GOAT. He, exactly. He's got to live up to that every single day. And, and every single time he leaves the stadium on a Saturday and under the opposing team's name on that scoreboard, it has a big number, he agonizes over it. Right? There's, there's jokes. Uh, Mac Brown used to make this joke. Uh, Bill Cower makes this joke. Uh, guys that that were coaches and become media members, you know what they like to say? I haven't lost a game since I entered the booth. I haven't entered a game since, or I haven't lost a game since I stepped into the the studio. I lost a whole bunch when I was a coach. Have not lost a single game since I became a broadcaster. And guess what? Bud Foster, for as all of his goatdom, all of his greatest of all timeness. He gave up a lot of touchdowns in his career, and he agonized over them, right? What happened? Who made the mistake? What was wrong with the call? Why didn't we stop him, right? He agonized over him. He gave up a lot of touchdowns in his career. He had a lot of games where he didn't, but he had a lot of games when he did. And guess what? Sitting on a boat, chilling out by by the lake at his lake house, hanging out with family, he will never give up a touchdown Ever again. Bud Foster went two weeks this year without giving up a point. Back-to-back, Georgia Tech and Pittsburgh. Remember? Remember how fun it was for us? Nine quarters he went without giving up a point. He's about to go the rest of his life without giving up a point. And, And standing outside his door saying, closing my door for the last time, office officially packed up, and, and, and tweeting that out, you couldn't help but look at him and go, He's pleased. As much as he loved being the defensive coordinator of the Hokies, right? As much as he loved the success, as much as he loved the players, the coaches that he worked with, he's pleased. And to answer my question from that pit game, we are absolutely sure we can't convince Coach Foster one more year. We are absolutely sure. Next hashtag Hokies comes from another guy who's still inside the belly of the beast for the Hokie defense. His name on Twitter is at I am Caleb Farley. And he is Caleb Farley. He is Appropriate the, <laughs> name. He is the, uh, the cornerback, starting corner, all ACC performer for the Hokies. Um, and, and it looks like Coach Foster is leaving the defense in good hands. Uh, he said, I see a lot of talent coming in this year. I am going to be on the young guys' ass all offseason. But you all remember, I still love you when you will hate me. And it got me thinking about Bud Foster leaving, right? I saw these two relatively close on my, on my Twitter timeline. It got me thinking. I really respected Bob Stoops for when he left Oklahoma. When Bob Stoops retired, it was Baker Mayfield's senior year upcoming. Think about that. Most coaches 
if they have a Heisman Trophy-level quarterback coming back, would go, I could stick around one more year. I want those accolades on my resume, right? I want this next year, led by a great quarterback, to count towards my career record. But Bob Stoops thought, I'm going to leave. And I'm going to set up Lincoln Riley to be the head coach, and he is going to have tremendous success in his first year because I'm leaving him with Baker Mayfield in a fully stocked cupboard, and it will allow him to get some goodwill from this fan base, and he will be better off because of it. Bud Foster is doing something very similar to that. He could have looked around and said, listen, we got Rayshard Ashby coming back. We got the two outside linebackers, Holly Field and Tisdale. We got two all-ACC-level corners. We got Jamari Connor. We got Divine Diablo. We got those interior defensive linemen that we suffered through their, their growing pains this year with Narell Pollard and Mario Kendricks behind Hewitt as well as Crawford. Right, We have those defensive ends that were banged up this year uh, in Garba and Belmar that we think will be better next year. I want to have this year as my last year. But instead, he said, you know what? I'm a bounce. I'm going to let Justin Hamilton have a fully stocked cupboard in his first year as defensive coordinator so he can have a good season, so he can build up some goodwill with the fan base, so he isn't on the hot seat from day one. And you know what it reminds me of? Stoops' decision, Foster decision. Do you know what it reminds me of? A gentleman you may have heard of. You may see him on your money. George Washington. Do you know why we have a two-term limit for presidents? Because George Washington was like, hey, that's a good, that's a good limit. So, he, he basically yeah. said, I could hang around forever, take all the credit, or I could set this thing up so we can transition power effectively. What a guy. What a guy. Outside of a few things that he did, what a guy. Right. And think about like like that is what Foster's doing. He could ride this out until forever. He could have been defensive coordinator until he didn't want to be defensive coordinator. He could have deemed himself king of the Virginia Tech defense. But instead he said, no, 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 no. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave a stacked cupboard. I'm going to leave everything full for Justin Hamilton. It's a great move. It's a great move. And that's hashtag Hokies. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk All-American games. It's U.S. Army. It's Under Armour All-American. The high school games that highlight the best high school players in the country. And what does it mean for the Hokies? That's next. Tim Donnelly Show. Low bro doesn't know the weather. And as always, Logan is not a licensed meteorologist, if you couldn't tell. But your forecast includes more of the Tim Donnelly Show on WRAD. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show on the talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 1017-1035-1460 AM. I'm Tim Donnelly alongside producer Lobro. Uh, it's in the middle of Hokie Hour here as, as we actually move near the end of Hokie Hour. Uh, obviously, we're going to keep talking Hokies. Um, this weekend was a big weekend for the top high school recruits in the country, the seniors. Um, many of them played in state championships. They, some of them missed the playoffs, whatever it is, uh, in, in their states. But they all got one more game, uh, an all-star game. And, of course, the two premier all-star games in this country are, are the U.S. Army All-American game and the Under Armour All-American game. Uh, U.S. Army having a bit more tradition, Under Armour having a, a bit more um, backing by Under Armour. Under Armour had so much backing that uh, – this is 100% true – 
Um, I was watching the game, and they had a cameraman on the sideline who was wearing game cleats. He was, like, crouched down trying to get the angle, and he was wearing the same cleats the players were wearing. Hmm. They swagged out in gear their cameramen, <laughs> which is a ridiculous thought. I like it. But either way, if you look at the rosters for, for the Under Armour All-American game and the U.S. Army All-American game, which took place this past weekend, um, there were five from Virginia on the two rosters, and there were none committed to the Hokies. Now, I can already hear Hokie Nation saying, you know who else wasn't at the Army All-American game? Cam Chancellor. You know who else wasn't at the Army All-American game? Jimmy Williams. You know who else? I, I, I thank you. Thanks. Sam Rogers was a zero star. Thank you. I agree. I hear it. I hear you. You're wrong, but I hear you. Those guys weren't at the game. They weren't invited. I get it. And yes, there are a billion options that you can point to of, of players that weren't highly recruited, unheralded recruits that turned out to be studs. I get it. But I need you to think of this. Do you know how many unranked recruits there are each year? Literally infinite. There are no cap on the number of unranked recruits. How many high school football players are there in the country? That's the maximum for the the number of players that can be unranked recruits. Do you know how many five stars there are? Maybe 30. Maybe 30. And you get 15 to 20 super studs out of the 35 stars, and you get maybe 50 to 100 super studs out of the rest. The hit rate is so much higher on the high recruits. You want to have players in the Army All-American game. You want to have your recruits playing in the Under Armour All-American game. If for nothing else in that it's, it's another week to practice. The polish stood out to me. The polish in this game, the polish on the players. They were running a college offense in the, the Army All-American game with a week of practice. Right? These guys are so trained. They're so polished. They know the game so well. Their high schools, which most of them are the football factories in our country, are, are the ones that, that get you ready to make an impact early in college. Now, I have no doubt that Virginia Tech brought in players in their 2020 recruiting class that are going to be really, really good players by the time they leave. There's maybe two or three of them that I think could realistically make an impact their freshman year. And that's because they aren't the top recruits. They're, they're the diamonds in the rough that still need to be polished. They still need to be sanded down. They need to get the dirt knocked off them. I don't even know what you do. Like a diamond, what do they, they cut it? Yeah, there's different cuts, right? Well, I know there are different cuts. But it's, it's like, uh, you know, you, you get a diamond out of the ground, it looks like a rock, and then they do a whole bunch of stuff to it, and then suddenly it's worthy of putting it in jewelry. Right. So basically, the, the Hokies recruiting class might be a whole bunch of diamonds that look like rocks right now. Diamonds in the rough? Or- hey, that's where that phrase comes from. Or just rough diamonds? 
Uncut Gems. Hey. Shout out to Adam Sandler. Um, but when you watch the, the biggest and baddest games, the biggest and baddest high school recruits, you want to see your players out there is what I'm getting at. And hopefully they'll get to a point where it's expected. When it's not, hey, did the Hokies have anyone in the Under Armour game? Hey, did the Hokies have anyone in the Army game? And instead it's, which ones of these are, are committed to the Hokies? How many are committed to the Hokies? Right, I, I, I like watching those games. It's really the only time I watch high school sports um, outside of local sports. But, but uh, you know, I enjoy watching the kids trying to live their dreams. And, and it gets annoying when the announcers go, here's a Clemson prospect. He's dropping back. He's going to throw it to a Clemson prospect on the right. Nice block out in front by a Clemson prospect. Tackled by a Clemson prospect. Like, I don't like that as much as anyone else. Or, you know, this guy's deciding between Alabama, Clemson, and LSU. He'll decide after the break. I don't like that. Right, because it makes me think that their perpetual machine of being at the top of the rankings isn't going to stop anytime soon. So what I'm asking is, is that we set the bar high for Virginia Tech in everything, not just wins. I want you to win recruiting battles. I want you to win games. I want you to win championships. I want you to win the hearts of the new generation of fans. Go big or go home. Set lofty goals. Even if you miss, you'll land amongst the stars. The old cliche. But if you're America, you shoot for the moon. You land on the moon. 1969. See me though. Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we're done with Hokie Hour, but the Redskins still have plenty on their plate that we need to talk to. Why they are putting on a concert with no band. Next, Tim Donnelly Show. <laughs> 